When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That was fun, wasn't it? That little bit of time we had, we were talking about playoffs. That, that, that was fun. It's been a minute. First I, I appreciate game it. game in December since when? 2020? First time we had a game that was had any relevance in December? About three years, two years? I, I think in Nate Nagy's last um, last season, there was some relevance to those December games, but I and think as, as a long shot. No, yeah, that no. Was you know what? You're right. You're right. It was the year before last. It was the year before his yeah. last year. Yeah, because they actually went to the playoffs in this, the year before last. I mean, they were 8-18 eight and 18 that did nothing in the playoffs and scored a touchdown in literally the last 10 seconds. That was a Mitch yeah. Trubisky Nickelodeon MVP game. <laughs> that was <laughs> your face was so disappointed when I <laughs> yeah that was you it sounds like you forgot that game how did you forget that game in New Orleans I, you know what where, I where, forget where? Well, it, it's funny to me I'd be forgetting that if you go to Mitch Trubisky's uh, pro football reference page there's nothing of note there except the Nickelodeon MVP award and the time he went to the Pro Bowl because about five guys pulled out. And we already and we told our fans don't don't pull out. Don't pull it out. Don't pull out. Bad, if you pull bad out, things happen. Mitch will be there. Yeah, bad <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Mitch will appear. Bless your Anthony Edwards. You've reached the age when you start calling players the wrong names. <laughs> speaking speaking of getting old, man, what's that? Uh. I see a bottle, an open bottle next to you. Oh, uh, man, I've been drinking since that game. I, I, this is my way of coping. I got about, I've had about 40 sober days, and, and, and the Bears made me break my end of the year resolution. So uh, I started drinking That's yesterday, hard liquor. Now I got to go to uh, the champagne of your people. It's, it's that Bel Air. <laughs> that Bel Air? <laughs> Harvey <Bel-Air>. Champagne. <laughs> it's Harvey Champagne. It was it's it's, it's the rough one. That that game go, that game hurt. That game it hurt. Did. It 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 didn't. You know what? It hurt. I'm gonna let you go ahead and get that off. I got a different opinion of. It. Yeah, I could say buy the Eberflus now. Um, pour some out for my my dead homies and my coaching staff a little bit. It's a little bit on the table there. You know. All right, P.O. Bears coaching staff. That's for my dead homies. Oh, man. The offense wasted a spectacular effort from the defense. Bears lose 20-17 to to the Cleveland Browns in week 15. Um, They look like Lovey Smith's defense out there getting turnovers, getting to the quarterback, taking interceptions back to the house, flying around. Energy, mm-hmm. you know, for for a second, they got my hopes up. They tricked me, man. My, my hopes were up. I'm like, 
they're really about to win out and get into a playoff spot. And then it uh, all came crashing down. Reality check. That offense is incredibly bad. It's not just bad. It's, it's, it's stupid. You know, it if you just don't have the talent, I'm, I'm cold okay. But when you're bad and dumb, that's an awful combination. Bad, dumb, lazy, unmotivated. You can reuse that adage to describe the staff and a lot of the players. So the Bears last, let's say, five games. Bears last five games, not counting Detroit. They have accounted for two touchdowns. Wow. They scored one one touchdown against Carolina. They scored one touchdown against Cleveland. And let's talk about that one touchdown and that they the beat offense the scored. Not a touchdown, right? They didn't score a touchdown correct. against the Vikings. Okay. They did not. Um, Eddie Jackson had one of the easiest interceptions I've ever seen. And he took it back down to the, I think, the one or two yard line. Inside the five, right? Two um, yard line, yeah. Yeah. And it was a so, struggle for them to get any end zone after that. A struggle fest. Eight plays to get two yards. Wow. Eight plays to get two yards. And on the touchdown, it was one of the best plays that you've ever seen Justin perform. And that's what makes evaluating Justin so different. And yes, it is. Because I don't know how many guys in the world that play quarterback can escape out one hand of Garrett Garrett Miles. When Garrett Miles grabs you with one hand, he usually ragdolls you. Mm -hmm. That might be something only Justin Fields and Josh Allen can do have the size, strength, speed, and arm to make that play. Because most guys are going down. It, it 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 Garrett doesn't miss tackles. That man's arms are the size of big, strong, grown men's thighs. So, yeah, I was gonna say that the, the excellent point because that that definitely is part of the Justin Fields conundrum. Um, and I know some people are probably saying, you know, you. You you flashing for three years, move on, and I can definitely understand that because uh, outside of that play, there weren't there weren't many highlights. There were there were lots of lowlights. Not not just from Justin, just the entire offense. Entire offense. Uh, yeah. So again, two touchdowns in the last five games. If you're not counting Detroit, we've already discussed Detroit and nauseam. We like playing Detroit. Justin loves playing Detroit. He lights them up for some reason. But legs, arm. Yeah. You don't have to play Detroit twice. Because you know unfortunately. They they hardly ever make the playoffs. So you never get a chance to see him three times. You only have to see him twice. It is an up and down roller coaster with Justin. But I don't want to start with the Justin talk yet. Let's talk about this offense. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Offense as a whole, they, it was, we expected it to be a little bit of a turndown, right? It is, they are playing the number one defense in in the the league. They have, what, maybe the odds on favorite, Miles Garrett, the defensive player of the year. They are Mm. loaded at every level. Defensive line, linebacker, and back. In the back room, um, the Bears only rushed for eighty-eight yards. I think that might be a season low. Did they? Did um, they get eighty-eight yards? And I think I, a chunk of that came on a Roshan Johnson draw. Yeah, they weren't. Deontay Foreman had, I think, six carries for negative six yards, and I think Herbert had eight yards, and I think the rest yeah. was Justin. And the long, no, no, not even the rest was Justin. They had the Roshan Johnson draw, and I think Velas. Uh, on a jet sweep, yeah, got a, got twelve. So uh, I, I mean, really, they were that eighty-eight yards is generous because they were very ineffective on the ground, and I think that coincides 
that also not only the Browns defense being strong, but they lost their best. The Bears lost their best offensive lineman. Uh, Tim Jenkins is their best offensive lineman by far, uh, running and blocking. And yeah, that was not a good injury to have. Nah, and and, and you you talked about Justin. I'm not Justin, but Tevin a few episodes ago. The offensive line has been pretty good for the most part yeah. since he came back from health. Uh, since he came back from injury, it's been pretty. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty stout. Uh, even though that they lack the the big names or uh, the pedigree of a good yeah. line, they've been they've played well. I think there's a little bit, you know, um, there's a little, there's a little ways you can take away from that because a lot of teams don't really get don't really pressure us that same way as you would a bad offensive line. When you got to run a quarterback, you 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 got to stay disciplined in your rush lane. So right, yeah, you're right. There's a certain way you have to rush scheme wise against the Justin Fields so that he doesn't get outside the pocket or step up and burn you for 15, 20 yards. Yeah, you're right about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that was not the case yesterday with Cleveland. Uh, the offensive line got abused from the coin flip till till that uh till the end of the game, pretty much. And it showed Tevin Jenkins is is very valuable. But it also shows that we do need Yeah. It also shows that we we do need an upgrade on the line at some somewhere because the defensive line for the Cleveland Browns, as good as it is, it should not whip your offensive line to that extent. We couldn't move anybody off the ball. They changed the line of scrimmage so many times. The Browns controlled the line of scrimmage. And oddly enough, it, it wasn't as bad with the sacks, with the with the pressure. There was pressure. But it, it 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 wasn't overwhelming. There were times Justin had time in the pocket, but it was just uh, from the run game. They were they were they were they were pushing our guys back. They they absolutely abused uh, Patrick and Whitehair. There there's where you need your upgrades, right there in that interior. Patrick and Whitehair they don't need to be on the team. Uh, no, they don't need to be on this team. I don't know if they need to be on a team, but they don't need to be on this team. Patrick can go back to Green Bay. I would love for him to um, resume his center duties there. Reunite, please. <laughs> I'll go with that. Darnell Mooney. His season, his worst season of his career just continues to get worse. Um, he had a lot of like confusing plays. You're not gonna, I'm not going to even want to blame him for the last play that that everyone's aware of by now. That would have been a tough play. Let's, yeah. You're falling backwards. Your momentum is carrying you one way. The ball is, you know, falling down. I mean, it's it's towards your lap. Uh, I can understand people being frustrated. He didn't make the play. I just want to reiterate that is not that easy of a play. Try falling one way with the ball, you know, at your lower extremities. I get he's an NFL player, but that play happens like that. I mean, the ball is being batted down. You know, he's not seeing the trajectory of a pass from a quarterback where it's hanging in the air. It's literally tipped. So he has a, probably two-tenths of a second to react, and he's falling backwards away from the ball. Yeah, but that I, – I'll give him I'll give him grace for that. There were other times just in which little. he – Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Uh, there were you, other you plays in the game. You're in a hail mary. Have your hands ready. You I believe be they, practice, they, they practice this though, right? You know that you they know the practice. defense is going to knock yeah. the ball down, so you need to get in front of the ball. So you have guy. If you go back and look at it, you know they they'll have a guy all the way at the back of the end zone, and they'll have a guy trailing the hail mary. Both of those guys are to there to catch the tip. You know the guys in the main scrum. Most receivers in the main scrum aren't even trying to. To catch it, you're trying to prevent the defense from intercepting, and you're trying to get a favorable tip. If you remember, um, I know you remember because you're old like me. In 2001, when the Bears made that remarkable comeback against Cleveland, James Allen caught that hail mary. It was tips. He was the guy trailing, mm-hmm. almost in the, in the same way Mooney was. Obviously, he was more aware, but he catches it. We get the onside, uh, or was that the? End? I don't know. I'm sorry. We scored a touchdown, kicked the onside kick through the Hail Mary, and then went to overtime, and Mike Brown 
steal the deal with uh incredible uh interceptions for return. But yeah, you you practice that all the time. You know, as a guy trailing, you got to be ready for the tip pass. So you know what? I know I just waffled, but no, I'm I'm going to blame Mooney because you have to be aware of that. You practice that, as you say it. Mooney had another another play in which he had a what looked like an, a catchable pass, um, but he didn't come back to the ball. He allowed for the defender to get in get in between him and the ball and break Justin it up. Got on him. Yeah, and Justin got on him for that. You don't see Justin get on his receivers often. But he he ran down the fields demonstrably to talk to Mooney after that one. And Mooney didn't protest. I think Mooney knew what was up. Justin won't that smoke. This is this offense was just incredibly bad. The defense held him up for most of the game, but then the defense, the defense, we didn't expect the defense to be good, right? There, there, there is a little bit of a smoke and mirror aspect with this defense. They are playing well. I give credit to get uh, to credit to Aberflus where I can, and but to even I, I, this is going to sound like I'm criticizing them now because but because I don't expect much from Cleveland's offense. But they they did fall apart in the, in the fourth quarter. They did. They did. Get, they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, and it yeah. wasn't like. It, it it wasn't like a, a methodical either. It, it, it was some broken plays. There were some um, missed coverages. That that touchdown, Amari Cooper, like no one was around him, and then he just scampered bad down angles. the sideline. Yeah, yeah. And bad bad angles. Um, the Joku, the Joku steady, you know, getting these digging dunks and you know moving people around. Then the Joku long pass, I believe that was on third and fifteen. You know, the Bears veterans had some interesting things to say about that uh, play. So this is the thing where you're a professional and you don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but you're sliding them under the bus. Eddie Jackson, uh, Justin Jones. Justin Jones dropped into coverage on that play to cover Njoku. And if you if you play the press conference back um, – the, the guy said, we just play what's called. They mm. wanted no parts of accountability for that play. That is obviously, if you read between the lines, why would you call that? Why would you put a three technique, drop him in the coverage to defend Njoku? That's why he was so wide open. Justin Jones, um, hardworking guy, good, good, good depth guy on the interior. He is nowhere near the athlete. And, and and I don't think any defensive tackle should ever be tasked with covering Njoku. That play had failure written on it all all, all the whole way. Niberflus. Um he talked about execution. I don't I don't know how a three te- three technique can execute in pass coverage. That's that's not what they signed up for. Yeah. So the offense not only being able to muster that one touchdown at the in the first quarter and another three points for the rest of the game and the defense giving up 14 in the fourth quarter. That led the Bears to blow their third game this season where they had a 10-point lead. Setting records. Setting records. Setting all the wrong records. The Bears are historical in that, in that space. In fact, excellent segue. Per stat head. Since 2013, that's 10 years, teams mm-hmm. entered to, entered week 15 with a 97-3-1 record when the defense had three interceptions and four sacks, at least four sacks wow. and at least four, three interceptions. Wow. It is now 97-4-1. Thanks, Bears. <laughs> Thank you, Bears. How many times uh, are we in that four? How many times are we in that? Because Detroit, we had, I think, three or four interceptions on golf. How many sacks did we get? Are we in that four uh, twice this year? Four wow. sacks on golf and two, only two picks. Okay. Two picks. That was, okay, his, okay. That was his last game. Let me let me see if I can go back to the get first game. I know the that one, was three. The one we, we had, lost. Yeah. So I remember TJ Edwards got one, I believe. 
Did Jalen get one or did he drop a pick six? Jalen dropped that pick six. Okay. On, on the, the game we did lose, we did have three sacks. No, we only had two sacks, but three three okay. interceptions. So, okay. So that still got to be a rare thing to move those type of yeah. games. Yeah, still historically, still historically bad, in all in all shapes and sizes. Um, all right, well, we got anything else for the offense? You, you were saying people are questioning Mooney's effort. Yeah, I saw a report where they where they said teammates were privately frustrated with Mooney. Um, the fourth and one phantom block was awful. That's the that one when Tyler awful. Scott had had the lane to get to a, 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 maybe possibly another score, and he just missed that one, right? No, that was the fourth and one with Justin Fields sprinting All to right, the outside right. and DJ and Moore leaked out. Yeah, he got right. tripped up, and it was Mooney's phantom block that mm-hmm. allowed that guy to get the ankle. I mean, Fields would have Fields would have got that first down easy. Or um, I don't I don't remember who the Cleveland defender was, but there was a guy that was stuck. He saw DJ Moore leak out, so he initially went to drop in the coverage. But Justin had the edge; he was he was still trying to contain Justin, but he was stuck. So it was a thing where if he would have committed to Justin, Justin could have thrown an easy pass to DJ Moore. If you go back and look at the uh, the film. Uh, or if if he committed to DJ Moore, Justin would have turned up field, and that could have been a touchdown. But Mark Mooney didn't. Mooney did not secure his block. And I don't remember a time ever when I've been watching football when these wide receivers have been so critical to blocking, and so critical to the failure of plays by not blocking. I mean, between Claypool and Mooney, it, it's just been under a microscope. Maybe in the past. I took for granted our receivers making routine blocks, you know, for we haven't had great receivers, but I remember Mushin Muhammad was noted for being a very good blocker. Brandon Marshall was a very good blocker. These big physical guys too. Marty Booker could block. So maybe in Aquamia St. Brown, believe it or not, one of the redeeming highlights qualities he has is he's another big guy. He's 6'5", 220 and can block. Maybe I took it for granted, but this year we've seen more plays just blown up by receivers not blocking. Mooney, Mooney, most of them are Mooney. I'm, you know, Mooney, Claypool. I, I, I have to. Well, yeah, Claypool just didn't care. Claypool just didn't do anything. Does Mooney care? Well, the one thing about Mooney, the one thing about Mooney that will offer offer some grace. Mooney's not a very big guy. You ask, you're asking him to crack back in no, a block. Yeah, and I believe I mean, we talked about that in the last episode. We said, don't rely on Mooney. You know what? We have to take credit for being prophets. In the betting segment, we said, do not trust that hook. Mm-hmm. If you can't get three and a half, don't take it. Uh, don't take that two and a half. We said that. Mm-hmm. It came to fruition. We said, do not have Mooney crack back. That is not playing to his strength. He's 180. He's not a big guy. And he's not a he's not a Steve Smith 180 either. You know, Steve Smith was stout, stocky, and strong in 185, 190. He, he's he's not that. Um yeah, we 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 definitely said that on the pregame. Do not rely on Mooney to crack back and and you see why. Which begs the question. If, if we're sitting here running a podcast and got a better post on this team than the staff who's spending all offseason with them, oh, they got to go. We told you you couldn't rely on Mooney. To, to, we told you that. And yet he was in position to make a critical block on a fourth down. You know, you convert that fourth down. I don't care if Justin scores right then and there. You probably put the Browns away. You're up mm-hmm. 10 in the fourth quarter, and you're in the red zone. You're milking the clock. You got another four set of downs. Even if you just kick the field goal with saddles, you've you milked the clock. You put them in panic mode. We said Joe Flacco will turn the ball over. He did just that. He turned it over. You had everything you needed to do. You had the recipe to make a successful meal, and you got in the kitchen. You fucked it up. Keith Lee does not approve. <laughs> you, 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 you had the recipe. 
you had it. You you were you were getting pressure on Flacco. He was throwing it up for grabs, and you bailed them out. If there was any question about if we should keep this coaching staff, I think those answers are, are were answered. You can't have oh, three yeah. meltdowns in one season like this. No, yeah. And, I, I think and this game. There's a critical decision in each of those games that was made by the coaching staff that you could point to as the reason why they lost. You want to talk about uh, the end of the first half decision from Iberflus? Not oh, for that, uh, that one. We could talk about the fourth and one. On the Justin Fields play, they could have kicked uh, when Justin Fields failed to get the first down. They could have kicked the field goal. Or what about the jet sweep to Tyler Scott? I guess he said Santos wasn't very confident that day. Or I, I don't know. I don't know what, what was going on with Keros and why he was shy and what was going on. Start with Getsy. It's really obvious that the Justin and Getsy marriage has to end. It's it's pretty evident. It's not working. It's awkward. Um, it's toxic. It's very toxic. It, it's not getting. It's not even yielding any meaningful results unless you're playing Detroit. Um, I don't know if it's Getsy scheming around Justin or Justin's not able to run the playbook. I don't know what the problem is, but it's clear that they both cannot be back here in 2024. There has to, there, one has to go. At the very least, one has to go. And I would not be upset if both of them had to go. I was going to say it's probably trending towards both going. And I'm, I'm, I'm pro Justin. I think he, he will be a successful quarterback in the NFL. He will, whether he's here or not next year, he's going to be starting as a quarterback next year. But at the same time, I have to be a realist. As much as you can blame this coaching staff for three historic collapses in one season, there are plays that Justin could have made mm-hmm. to prevent at least you, you, you're the quarterback in three of these games. In the Denver game, uh, it was a horrible play by Getsy, but still, you fumbled on the naked boot. You fumbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fumble led directly to a touchdown. Uh, you threw an interception. I get it. It's the end of the game. you got to make a play. So some of, a couple of these interceptions are very end of the game. you got to make a play. you got to throw the ball. Um, the defense knows it's coming. So I don't hold him to – I don't hold his feet to the fire on that. But each game, there's one critical play. On on the one where he got tripped up on the fourth, when DJ Moore is leaking out, I feel if Justin looks up and looks down the field, he could have got DJ for an easy touchdown or easy completion to salt this one away. Uh, I, I do feel bad because I don't think the Bears have ever put together a favorable position for Justin. I don't think they've ever surrounded him with the tools necessary to succeed and I said in a previous episode, it doesn't matter if you go draft Caleb Williams. There has to be changes made. There has to be changes in the way the offensive schemes. You have to get more weapons. Um, outside of DJ Moore, there's not a guy in that receiver room you trust. There's not a guy uh, you can look and say. I don't. Uh, yeah. The, the number one change, if you go get Caleb or whomever you decide at number one, the number one change is that I don't trust Getsy with that number one pick. Uh, nothing oh, no. about the last, nothing about the 15 weeks of this season and the season of last tells me that, you know, this is offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears is, you know, is going to be something that he's good at. Gotta, it's something that he go. can he can continue doing. No, he, he has to go. And shit, he should go today. Um, what is the reason we're hanging on to him? Don't have nobody to promote. That's That's been the story of the Bears uh-huh. this season. I mean, we've seen successful teams make head uh, offense coordinator changes midseason. I think the Ravens made one and, and went to the Super Bowl one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we see teams, it, it's not working. We can't be, I mean, the Bears set a low bar for offense. Other yeah. teams be like, there's no way we can have one touchdown per game. Somebody has to go, you know. I mean, we've lived through some. What was that? The John Shoop years. Into uh, the Tressman era. We've Gary Croton. We we've seen some wacky characters as offensive coordinators who didn't get shots elsewhere in the NFL, and for good reason. I think the most successful guy I can remember in my 
time watching the Bears, uh, North Turner, and I don't think he was any offensive genius. He just did his job. North Turner served uh, two tenures with the Bears. I don't think he was he wasn't anything I describe as good, but that was the most stability we've had as far as offense. Other than that, there's been guys like Mike Marks who are regurgitated with dying archaic ideas serving as offensive coordinator. Oh, Mike Tice. You remember that one? Mike Tice. There's a lot Too of bad. He, didn't, he didn't bring Randy Moss with him, so <laughs> there was this when I bring the, the Bears history up, I'm tired of sighing. I bring up a uh uh the, the the last playoff appearance you sigh. I bring up offensive coordinators you sigh. You know they, they, we gotta have some fond memories. You know, the Lovey Smith era is the you fondest said, era we have in our the age. Fondest thing, the fondest thing. And that was three playoffs in nine years. That's not a great historic sustained success. That's the uh, best we got. Three playoffs in nine years. That's the best era we've seen for the '80s babies, '90s babies. That sucks. The fondest thing that you've said today. About the Bears' history was James Allen catching that catching that hail mary. <laughs> that brought that brought back uh, uh, some some good feelings. That that's about it. And, and that year was a struggle offensively. That was the struggle. We caught lightning in the bottle. Urlacher played lights out. Roosevelt Colvin, Ward Coleman, um, lights out. It wasn't sustainable. That uh, yeah, Mike. I think that was Mike Brown's second year. Tony Pears was back there. Uh, Jim Miller took over for Shane Matthews, and we caught we we had an easy schedule, and we caught some teams by surprise. But that wasn't that wasn't a good team. It was just it was just good for us. Got exposed in the playoffs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh uh that was the year we got beat up by Philadelphia in the, in the divisional round, wasn't it? I think that was. Yeah, Donovan McNabb came home. I remember that day vividly. Donovan McNabb came home and put belt to ass on us. And Michael Jordan yeah. came and blocked Ron Mercer's <laughs> shot off the backboard. It was no, that was a different game. That was, that was a different. That was a different game. Different game. I think that was the same day. Jordan no, came. He, he did that. He did that in D.C. Yeah, that wasn't the U.C. Okay, it wasn't at the U.C. But I think that was the same weekend. It was the same year. Same weekend. Damn. No, yeah, no, 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 because I think that same weekend Jordan came back to Chicago to play the Bulls for the first time. That play that he, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they did, they did beat the Bears, the Bulls, yes, the Bulls. Yeah. Chicago taught, caught two else that weekend. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you saying he didn't pin Ron Mercer's? No, that was, that was a different game. That was a different game. Well, I just know we we lost to both returning Chicago icons. Damn shame. Uh, all right. Let's, let's 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 make this a full Justin segment right here. So this this wasn't a shockingly bad game for Justin, and I don't mean that as a compliment either. It's just it means that I'm used to Justin looking that way, inept. And I'm gonna say it again: the Cleveland Browns are the number one defense in the league across yeah. the board. Um, but you don't, there's, I don't think anybody's looked that bad against them all season. It was, a, beat them in week one. that shit was a struggle. And, you know, he went on to say, uh, Justin, after the game, he said, first off, our defense, some of the Bears defense played a hell of a game. I'm not sure if they could have played any better for us as a team. And I've got to play better as a quarterback of the team. And I think we all got to play better on offense. No shit. I am try. I, you know, Justin. Yeah, just Justin's good at the apology after the loss. He's very good at that. Yeah, we're tired if, of apologies. If, if there was an attribute on Madden for after apologies, his his is in the nineties, ninety five probably. He's, he, he's pretty good at that. I'm not sure if that would be higher than his speed, but they're they're both they're both pretty up there. They're up there pretty good. Um, why does Justin not? What's faster, Justin's 40-yard dash time or his apology time after a stinker? What, what's faster? <laughs> he, definitely, he definitely understands he has to apologize. 
his reaction, his reaction time to the apology is quicker than his reaction time to get away from the pressure. That's what I, I you know, the apology and the and the speed might be neck and neck, but he definitely understands when the apology needs to come. He he understands yeah, that a lot. At least he hasn't gone Mr. Bisky and turning TVs off and, and <laughs> or, or or telling people to, to boo at home. Uh which was that Rex Grossman that told us to, to go home and boo and that he was getting ready for New Year's Eve? That or was that Jay Cullen that told us to stay home if we boo. I don't know. Oh, we, no, we, no, that was Jay. That was Jay who said that. that okay, uh, I, I'm I'm combining the, the 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 failed first round quarterbacks. I think Rex said he was having New Year's Eve, and uh, that's why he lost to the Packers and played so terrible. Justin only has one more game-winning drive in his three-year career than the New York Giants sensation, Tommy DeVito. DeVito. Tommy DeVito, yeah. DeVito has... I'm going to purposely call him Danny DeVito. It is a calamity of errors. I, I don't. And the only thing about. Ten, that's a double pun. Errors, E-R-A, and errors, E-R-R-O-R. Double entendre. Uh, let me see. So, Eberflus. His only saving grace is that he turned this defense around. But. That just makes him a good defensive coordinator. As a head coach, yeah. there's a lot. There's more things you got to do. I understand being Appreciate the defensive you. coordinator and the head coach. Yeah, there's a he's got a lot on this plate. He's got a he's got to formulate the defense, call the defense, and you know oversee the whole team. And I, I don't think anybody's good enough to do that. That's a lot of work to do. But um, well, he's not good enough to do that. He needs to hire well, yeah, of defensive coordinators, and then he could be he when when he came in, he said. Despite him having a successful resume uh, or career as a defense coordinator in Indianapolis, he wants to be the CEO so that he can get a post on both sides of the ball. You need a post where, so Getty doesn't decide what to do on fourth and one. Or you need to have the post on a stand. Maybe you should go for these field goals when these points matter. You're up mm-hmm. 10 on Cleveland. Get these field goals. You know? I'm going to argue the other side. So both situations obviously didn't turn out good for the Bears. He went for he went for the Hail Mary at the end at the end of the first half. He went for that fourth down and Justin got tripped up. Um the first one. And then it was a fourth down to Tyler Scott. The, the, yeah, that one, that one too. That one too. Um he converted that one. So I mean that I'll be fine with that. Um, no, I thought Tyler got um stopped in the backfield on that one. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking about the other play on the last drive of the he game. Is, Tyler Diggins got on the back. Yeah. He Tyler Diggins stopped in the backfield, and that was because Mooney missed the block. Well, well, again, we talked about that one already. The likelihood of making a field goal was not high. I mean, it's more likely you miss the field goal than you make it. That's the way I read it. Um, at least that's how, at least how he said it. He said he was outside of Connor's, uh, Connor Santos's range. Okay. You know what? I hear you. So I, I wasn't, if, I wasn't what, mad at that one. No, I wasn't no, really no. mad at that one. Because if it yeah, that would have been a long field goal. Likelihood. Right. If the likelihood of you not scoring at all, then why not go for the one that gives you the most points, just in case you do score? If, I, I would take yeah. seven or three every time. So if you're not, if, if you're going to come away with zero, if the likelihood you come away with zero anyway, go for seven. I mean, I, I'll take that one. I, I'm fine with that decision. Now, the fourth down that he uh, he messed up on with, uh, well, not necessarily him, but, you know, just couldn't convert. You're trying mm-hmm. to put this team, you're trying to put Cleveland away. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Their defense is scary. Justin struggling. Um, obviously, you gave the ball back to Joe Flacco. He, outperf- he figured your defense out. You didn't want to see him again, but you did. So, I mean, those are the type of plays you try to win and, you know, put the game away. I, I'm fine with both of those decisions. However, but, but the bold decisions have not favored this team. Not in the opening no. game. The fourth and one against Green Bay, you failed to convert and they marched right down 
and they scored. They have not been able to convert these uh, aggressive plays. You you got to have the post of the team. Like uh, you all haven't been able to do this. They asked them that at the post post game uh, uh, press conference. He said, "What's what's what's wrong with the uh, these decisions?" He said, "Well, it just comes down to an execution. Yes, this team sucks at execution. You know who that falls on? That falls on you. You are the CEO, as you said. That is your that is your fault. For me, is appalling." We continue to say lack of execution. Well, who's the one teaching them this? So at the end of the day, it falls on you. If they're not executing, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. Just get in front of the podium and apologize like Justin. Say, I, I stink. I suck at my job. You know, if I was Eva Flus, I would, I would, you ever had a job where you knew you were just fucking up at and just called off and, and then quit and didn't come back to collect your check? Just do that because you're going to need a new job. Why not get a head start? Hey, San Diego, you guys need this offensive coordinator? Start making calls around the league. Hey, who's up? Hey, 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 big head. Hey, Eric, the enemy. Probably going to be a head. I just want to say, hey, hey, division rival Ben. You know, hey, I hear you're up for start looking. Be proactive, Matt. Get the hell out of here. Stop showing up for work. When I know I'm going to get fired, I stop showing up. I'm out of here. Let me show up. Might as well. Uh, yeah, might as well. Yeah. So, so the Bears fall to five and nine. We're secured another losing season. This would be the third losing season in a row. Um, we had some playoff aspirations. We can still mathematically no, not, make the playoffs. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Playoffs. Don't talk <laughs> about playoffs. I saw we win another game. You're gonna bring the Jim Moore out of me, and the Denny Green. We are who the the Bears are who we thought they were. And you know what? That's that's a conversation about polls. Now you know what we lose that game. Guess what? We're back on your ass, polls. Um, that nobody's means this safe. off season. This, this nobody's safe. This Do this off season. Polls? This is a critical off season. You have cash. You have two first round picks. You've and, got a huge this, decision coming up. This is no. This is the question, and for all, all the people who are you know emphatically on the side of retain Justin Fields, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on either side. Just point this out. Well, this is the question that Paul has has going into the going into the uh, the off season. As you said, this is your your job is now on the line. Do I put my job? On the shoulders of Justin Fields, or do I string it out further and draft me another quarterback? If, you're, if you had that same decision, like, hey, look, I got one more year for this guy to keep me employed, or do I go get somebody new? And I can string it out a little further. That is the that is the choice that Pose has it, right it, now. It's a tough choice. I think if he can get job security for a uh, rookie quarterback, that would obviously be this the the. Self-preservation, that would be the thing to do. However, can we guarantee that polls will be around for the duration of a rookie contract? What if Caleb or Drake absolutely stink it up and you regress? Does polls get a fourth year? So uh, I think as negative as we're being right now, this team is actually trending up. They're competing. This would have been the third team in a playoff spot that they would have beat in three weeks. Um, and just to be fair, any team that comes and beats the Vikings, Lions, and Browns, I would think of as a good team. Those, those are three hard games, two of them on the road, one at home, but they're three playoff contenders. So I would say that is a bona fide, legit team. So that's – that's I, I think the arrow is pointing up. However, I think even though we're trending up, on this bear stock, we're at a very, very critical juncture. Um, this offseason can keep that arrow going up, or this could be a make or break type thing. You do the wrong thing at quarterback, and this all comes crashing down. You don't make the right moves in free agency, 
this all comes crashing down. I mean, it, it, it could be a beautiful thing, but this could also be a nightmare. You got Marvin Harrison Jr., a, a generational talent. It looks like the surest thing. Do you play it safe and bring back Justin and pair him with a sure thing and then take your second? I mean, it's it's tough. And don't look now, but Carolina won a game. So the Patriots, they got the Bills. They ain't winning no more. They're not winning no more games. <laughs> that's it. that's it for Carolina. Panthers not winning no more games. But is the Wingers going to win? I, I mean, the best chance they have to win is the Jets in the last game of the year. And, and Okay, Carolina has the Packers left. Never underestimate the Packers' willingness to stink it up and and, and fuck over the Bears. Never. They got mm. they got Green Bay next week. They got Jacksonville. There's no way they're beating Jacksonville. Jacksonville needs that game. Yeah. They need that game. Um, and then they got the Buccaneers at the end of the season. The Buccaneers aren't very good. Um, Carolina almost beat them in Tampa Bay. Uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. They almost beat them. They lost 21-18. I don't know what it is, but bad teams, for whatever reason, at the end of the season, they will play their asses off. Uh, Tampa Bay needs that game. But Tampa Bay needs the game means nothing. It's a team mm-hmm. that can lose to anybody. So don't look now, but we've had this scenario planning in our heads that we're just guaranteed to get that number one pick. I think that Carolina win, I still would say that the Bears' chance of getting that number one pick is 70-30, but it's, it, it's, it's not the lock it was coming into this week. Shout out to Atlanta. Shout out, where is Arthur Smith still breathing and coaching people? Why is he coaching humans? He doesn't know what to do with B. John Robinson. Pace is, just keeps trying to get ex-Bears and 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 why Pace and Arthur Smith? Why do they have jobs? Oh, what's going on in the NFL? Maybe Eberflus can come down there and get another job at the end of the season. Well, Pace didn't hire him, so maybe he'll go get Nagy to You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, about the Marvin thing, and you know, this will probably be my last thing about Justin. <clears throat> Justin and Mooney have zero rapport. They have zero connection. And None. And the the most honest thing I can say about that is, well, Mooney didn't really have an offseason. But however, he was there for like, you know, like the, you know, the, 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 the bonding. Kumbaya. Yeah, the bonding. He was there for the bonding. He was there for the, he, he didn't do anything on field until like late, late, late into the offseason. But he was still there, you know, doing this stuff with DJ, with Justin, um, like the, the offside stuff. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Um, but in the season, it don't look like Mooney and Justin are on the same page ever. They, you know, if it is, if it is for DJ, Justin's not, Justin has a, Justin has a, Justin doesn't have a feel for anyone on the field except for DJ and maybe Cole. Um, yeah, so, I was going to say him and Cole have a pretty good connect, connection, especially in the red zone. But here's the thing, which I don't understand about the Justin, Darnell Mooney, the disconnect. Um, Darnell Mooney's best year and most productive time came when Justin Fields um, got that starting job in 2021. That's when Mooney had 81 catches for over a thousand yards. Uh, remember, it was Allen Robinson who came into the year as the number one receiver, and Mooney usurped him. And Justin Fields and Mooney, you know, they had a nice connection. What what, what has happened? What's gone wrong? Is it the is it just can't be the offseason because him and Fields and Mooney had a a connection previously. I'm starting to wonder if Justin has the ability to have that type of on field connection with more than just one person. I mean, I mean it, it is it is possible, like you know what? I, yeah, not 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 necessarily not loyal. Can't be from Chicago because Chicago people connect with everybody. So. Justin has to spend more time with the natives. Maybe we could take him down to 79th or, or, the, or the west side. The west side. They're right connectors there. out there. Right there on 79th and, uh, and Cottage where we of, got that uh, that bottle from at Happy's. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of free love down there on Cottage Grove. A lot of connections made <laughs> right on that bus stop. 
Whole lot of connecting back in the day, right there. Whole lot of connecting, uh, yeah. Fist, fist and jaws. Uh, this, I mean, the the point out the point I was trying to get at is that maybe Justin just locks in on one guy, and he doesn't have the uh, the process. Maybe he doesn't he doesn't like process oh, fast he enough. He definitely locks in on his his targets. Once you become his which, favorite target, yeah. Which brings up. The Marvin Harrison Jr. If you honestly believe that Justin can't, you know, um, see the whole field for what it's worth, or have that uh, 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 muscle memory to know where to put the ball for this guy and that guy, or have that type of uh, connection with them, it ain't necessarily putting putting more weapons around Justin. It ain't that thin. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. DJ has went to bat for Justin several times this year. But if Justin gets a Buckeye in there with him, oh, DJ. <laughs> oh, DJ. <laughs> you, you've been the loyal housewife. <laughs> you've been loyal. <laughs> but Justin cheating on you, buddy. <laughs> I can guarantee you when Justin sees that 6'4 physical specimen split out wide, <laughs> That's his first, second, and third read, especially since that guy has a huge catch radius and is able to 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 catch those fifty fifty balls. Oh, DJ, <laughs> you, you you might be having some Stefan Diggs moments on the sideline if if, if Marvin comes here. Yeah, I see it happening. Um, yeah. Another another wasted year for the Bears. Another at least nine losses. At least I'm not at least. watching watching people. Arizona. Yeah, watching Arizona play San Francisco last last uh, night. Watching for three quarters. I mean, I mean, it could it could be just a divisional game, and it, it, it is what it is. But I don't really have the faith. I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears open up an underdog again against them, against a team that's just as bad as them, uh, just like ha- how they opened up as an underdog against Chicago, Denver. Right? Uh, I believe so. Um, this one has some draft implications to it. Um, no, the Bears are four-point faves right now on DraftKings. Uh, I, I'm not confident I, I in that. I'm not, I'm not confident. If I needed to put that down today, I'm not confident on that. I'm confident the Bears will have the lead, but when Kyler yeah. starts scrambling and doing weird things, are they going to stay disciplined? Are they going to get out of there? Are, are they going to break containment or, you know, uh, lose their man in coverage? You know, Kyler, Kyler is another experience, a, a lot like just a, a guy who's up and down. I mean, he makes some highlight plays when he gets outside the pocket, but you keep him in the pocket and sometimes he – he does bad things, so th- this will be this will be an interesting game. Bear down, and 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 Kyler is not a stationary guy, so um, got to be careful. You got to be careful when you're rushing uh, Kyler Murray. Shout out to Montez Sweat, like you know, pretty much our MVP of the last few weeks. Shout out to episode fifty-five, Lance Briggs. Speaking of fond memories, yeah, that double nickel, Ferrari Briggs. Oh, I forgot about the Ferrari situation. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> he just left the car <laughs> right on Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> Rap that boy too. I'm like the the most the the most amazing thing about that is like how, you were able to get up and walk, I, you was able to walk away from that. And th- that was in season, wasn't it? Was that in season? Uh, I think it was in season. And I don't think he missed any games. No, nah, no, nah, he wasn't hurt at all. Like this, this guy's a tank. This guy's a and tank. the amazing thing about Briggs and Erlocker is um, Briggs always had, it seemed like Briggs always had a contract dispute with the front office. But he only plays for the Bears. <laughs> it seems like every year he was fighting about his contract, and he played his he played his entire twelve year career here. Seven Pro Bowls, three All Pros. Um, 
I, I know off-ball linebackers are kind of devalued. He, he's got a he's got a Hall of Fame resume. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. If I don't think I don't know if he'll get uh, in. Nah, nah, I don't think he, he might, too much time. He has might passed. be a Hall. Yeah, he might be Hall of Very Good, but um, I'd like to see him on a ballot at least get the recognition. You can make a case for. There's certainly lesser players in the Hall of Fame, and I'm not one to say, oh, just because this guy got in, you got to get this guy in, because you know you can't. You don't correct mistakes of the past by making mistakes in the future. But Lance has he has the resume of a Hall of Famer. Uh, I I look at it like this. I do this for all Hall of Fames. After so much time has passed, the question has already been answered. And he last played in the league in twenty fourteen. Yeah. So he was so, eligible in twenty nineteen. So yeah, and, and we haven't too many. There's 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 guys out there with better careers that still haven't made it. So it's pretty much a it's pretty much been decided already from old lands. I have to look at weak side linebackers. Uh, I think the last one to get in was uh, oh, I'm doing what you do with the memory. What was the weak side linebacker for for, for Tampa? Derek Brooks, right? He was middle. Yeah. Huh? Derek was middle. He played both. Derek Brooks. He played both. Remember, he played. He played that weak side. He, he, he played. He played. I think he started off inside, but on that Super Bowl team, he was playing the weak side. Okay. Um, I'd have to compare him to guys who've gotten into the Hall of Fame. Is, is that Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame, right? Zach, Zach Thomas just made it this last year, this this past See, summer. I think Braves is every bit as good as Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson. Zach Thomas. He's better than both of them, Zachs. <laughs> <laughs> but Zach is Zach is a media guy. Zach was well-loved. Yeah. And he racked up he racked up tackles. He racked up tackles. Lance did, too. Um, he, he, he racked up tackles. And I, and, and I think there's always um, there, there's a there's a good old boy network and there's and there's networking to be done to get into the Hall of Fame. Jason Witten's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Well, not yet, but he will be. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Jason was a very good player, but I think I think Lance Briggs is a better line weak side linebacker than Witten was a tight end. But I think Witten's Talent-wise, yeah, but talent-wise, I agree with you. Talent, talent-wise, Lance Briggs is better than Zach. Zach, uh, I'm blanking on his name now too. Better than Zach and Jason at at their respective positions. However, the the resume has to match. Um, okay, Jason has eleven Pro Bowls. Lance yeah. has seven. I really put more stock into the All Pro than I do Pro Bowl because. Sometimes you get in when your conference is having a weak year or as an alternate or just when you're popular. 33% of it is fan vote. And when you have a good team, you tend to. So Jason Witten has four all pros and Briggs has three. He's got one more all pro than him. Uh, Jason also played longer. Um, yeah, I, I see Jason is definitely shooing for the Hall of Fame. You got 11. Anybody with anybody with a decade of Pro Bowls, I can't question you. I can't question your Hall of Fame resume. He's got eleven Pro Bowls. Yeah, Zach Zach's career ended in 08, and he just got made the Hall of Fame this past summer. So maybe maybe there is some more time for Lance. Yeah, maybe there is some more think, time for I Lance. Think, I think if Lance, I think if the Bears win that Super Bowl, I think Lance is definitely in. You know, history history favors uh, winners, especially uh, especially with those type of things, Hall of Fame awards. Shout out to Lance, episode fifty five. Bears try to figure it out once again. One more thing, Zach Thomas, seven time Pro Bowler. Okay, same, but he's got seven. Lance. Yeah, but he's got five first team All Pros. Lance has two. Mm-hmm. That'll make a big difference. And he's part of the NFL's 2000s all-decade team. Close mm-hmm. us out. Bears try to figure it out. <laughs> Once again.
looking for searching for answers going into the the week 16 of it, uh, edition we ain't figured nothing out yet please Fair don't now. blow it again and have me drinking bear down 